0: This is Radio Health Journal, I'm Nancy Benson. This week, hypothalamic hematoma. Since laughter is the main symptom, or at least the first one, a delay in diagnosis is nothing unusual.
1: We always thought that it was a sign for him to tell us somehow, his body somehow was telling us that it's time for him to go to sleep. He would also giggle in the middle of the night.
0: Hypothalamic hematoma, when Radio Health Journal returns.
1: I'm Reed Pence, the producer and host of Radio Health Journal. If you like listening to Radio Health Journal, you'll also like our sister show, Viewpoints, which covers a wide array of topics from education to history to the environment. Here's a preview of what they're covering this week on Viewpoints. This week on Viewpoints.
2: She ultimately pays for that work that she did, the immense risks that she took. She pays for those risks with her life, basically.
1: The stories of female journalists reporting in the Arab world. Then... Being in your hand could end up in the environment for hundreds of years. and You literally used it for about three seconds.
0: It's almost 2020. It's time to stop using as much plastic. I'm Marty Peterson.
1: And I'm Gary Price. These stories in-depth this week on your public affairs magazine, Viewpoints. Listen to Radio Health Journal and Viewpoints on your favorite radio station. And subscribe and listen anytime on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Spotify. Also, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Radio Health Journal.
0: Nine-year-old Justin Show of Los Angeles was one of those kids who giggle a lot. Usually, it's simply the mark of a happy child. But Justin's father, Robert, says something about his son's laughter wasn't quite right. It seemed to be prompted more by the time of day than something funny.
1: We always thought that it was a sign for him to tell us somehow, his body somehow was telling us that it's time for him to go to sleep. He would also giggle in the middle of the night Anywhere from 12 midnight to, let's say, 5 in the morning while he's sleeping. The scary part of it all is my son tells me that he's had more than two seizures. We just never knew about it.
0: Seizures is the operative word because Justin's giggling fits were the mark of a rare disorder. Gelastic epilepsy.
2: It actually took a few years for the family to realize that this giggling is abnormal because especially when it would happen right before he went to sleep or when he'd wake up or especially in situations that were generally not, you know, episodes that you would giggle to or laugh to. That's when they started realizing there's something that's wrong.
0: That's Doctor Arya Falaf, assistant professor of neurosurgery at UCLA's Geffen School of Medicine and Mattel Children's Hospital in Los Angeles. He says the source of Justin's giggles was a benign tumor deep inside the brain, known as hypothalamic hematoma. Several other hospitals were unable to diagnose it.
2: This is quite rare. Hypothalamic hematoma is a uh, quite rare lesion that most physicians will probably not see uh, across their entire career. But we do see this from time to time, especially being in a big epilepsy center here at UCLA. Difficulty is in the diagnosis. But it has a very classic, recognizable clinical manifestation, which is this gelastic epilepsy or what we call laughing seizures or giggling seizures. So this is the most classic way that it can present. However, it can sometimes present as a full-on seizure or a large seizure, what we call a tonic-clonic seizures. These are the types of seizures that you usually see in the movies where all the arms and legs are shaking and the patient may be on the ground with the whole body convulsing. But most commonly, it presents as this laughing epilepsy.
0: Since laughter is the main symptom, or at least the first one, a delay in diagnosis is nothing unusual. But Falas says laughter is often just the start of problems when such a brain lesion occurs. It can end up being very serious.
2: Scholastic epilepsy, if left untreated, can be associated with developmental delay, with behavioral issues. Hypothalamic mass itself can cause endocrinological issues. If the mass is really large, it can cause visual deficits, but more importantly, seizures that are untreated always have the potential to even cause a life-threatening problem for example if a child is swimming and has a seizure the possibility of drowning
0: anti-seizure drugs are typically ineffective against gelastic epilepsy so surgery is really the only treatment but Fala says hypothalamic hamartomas are found in just about the worst possible place to reach in the brain so the way doctors used to have to do surgery was a lot less than perfect.
2: This is one of the most challenging areas of the brain to get to. It's deep in the brain, right at the center of the brain, and the most critical structures of the brain just wrap right around it. So generally, the way to approach lesions in the brain would be done through open brain surgery, which requires very large skin incision, a large part of the skull needs to be elevated, and a very long, tedious operation For us to very carefully dissect down to really the center of the brain and then to physically remove the hypothalamic hematoma. Essentially what happens there's a lot of collateral damage that occurs just from us having to approach this lesion. So for several hours of the operation as you're spending a considerable time and effort to try to get down to where this hypothalamic hematoma is, those are all the structures that you're putting at risk due to either retraction injury or direct injury just from surgical manipulation.
0: And recovery from all that used to be long
2: and arduous. For these types of operations, I'd say usually a child would be in hospital for at least a week. After that, it would take about six weeks or so for the child to get back to where he was before. And that's obviously provided there's no neurological deficits or side effects that has happened from an operation like this.
0: Fortunately, brain surgery is improving quickly. Falah and his team were able to use a different approach for Justin, threading a thin fiber optic strand to the site of the lesion.
2: We use a technology that's already available to make lesions in the brain or to destroy tissue in the brain, which is called this laser thermal ablation therapy. It uses heat energy to what I call cook the tissue or destroy the local tissue without injuring the rest of the brain. So what we did is we used GPS-like technology to very carefully insert the small laser probe, which is the size or thickness of a spaghetti noodle, deep inside the brain, right into the center of the hypothalamus, and destroy this lesion from the inside out without causing any collateral damage to the rest of the brain. And we're able to do this through a very small incision that required just a single stitch at the end.
0: With this advance, recovery becomes incredibly short, more like non-existent.
2: As soon as we woke Justin up from general anesthesia, he didn't have any pain, he didn't really have any symptoms or side effects and he was ready to essentially go out the door on day one. We kept him around for an extra day just because the technology is relatively newer just to make sure that everything else is okay but there really wasn't much recovery time required for this operation. He's not had a single seizure since the episode. I don't expect he'll have any other seizures. We usually wait till at least a year out until we are confident that he has been completely cured. But as you can imagine, going from several a day to now, it's been well over six months he's not had a single episode, it tells me quite likely that he's never going to have another seizure again.
0: Fala says surgery can be more complicated when the lesion is very large. Sometimes more than one laser fiber is needed, and occasionally the mass is so large that laser isn't an option. So in spite of its name, giggling epilepsy is nothing to trifle with. I'm Nancy Benson.
1: Radio Health Journal returns in just a moment.
3: If you or someone you know is struggling with addiction, please call this toll free number right now 800 279 0419. That's 800 279 0419. By calling your addiction team, you're taking the first steps to recovery. Don't fight addiction alone. Their advisors are ready to take your call. Your future is still a bright place. The help you need could be one call away. 800-279-0419. That's 800-279-0419. This call is completely confidential. And if you have private insurance, there could be little to no cost to you. Even if you've already been to treatment, give us a call. There's no need to let addiction ruin your life. Take the first step now. Call your addiction team at 800-279-0419. That's 800-279-0419. Make the free call now. 800-279-0419. Your addiction team is a third-party advertiser for various treatment centers and placement networks. Individual results will vary. Visit youraddictionteam.com terms for more information.
4: This message is sponsored by GSK. Is your team vaccinated? Meningitis B is an uncommon but potentially life-threatening illness. If your teen is starting college, make sure you talk to their doctor about how vaccination can help protect them against meningitis B. Only 14.5% of teens have been vaccinated against meningitis B. GSK spokesperson Tiffany Williams. My younger brother was at his dream college when he contracted meningitis B. His doctors thought it was the flu and told him to rest. Two days later, he passed away. I can't bring my brother back. But with this message, I hope to educate others to help protect themselves. Early symptoms of meningitis may appear similar to those of the flu, but can progress quickly and be fatal, sometimes within 24 hours. One in 10 people infected with meningitis will die. One in five survivors will suffer long-term consequences, such as loss of limbs. GSK Vaccines U.S. Vice President, Director of Scientific Affairs and Public Health, Dr. Len Friedland.
2: Adolescents have higher rates of meningitis due to close contact with each other, sharing drinks or utensils, kissing or coughing. Talk to their doctor about the two different types of meningitis vaccines needed to help protect them against the five vaccine-preventable groups of meningitis.
4: Vaccination may not protect all recipients. Learn more at meningitisb.com. Again, that's meningitisb, M-E-N-I-N-G-I-T-I-S-B.com. Trying
1: to sell your old car? Instead, donate your vehicle to Heritage for the Blind. Pickup is free, and your donation is tax-deductible. Just call 1-800-835-1478. Heritage for the Blind accepts cars, vans, trucks, and boats, whether they run or not. Donate your vehicle, and you'll receive a free three-day vacation voucher to over 50 locations. Call 1-800-835-1478. That's 1-800-835-1478.
0: Thank you for listening to Radio Health Journal, a production of MediaTracks Communications. If you enjoyed this broadcast, please support our show by subscribing, sharing it with a friend, and leaving a review on Apple Podcasts. You can find more Radio Health Journal stories about health, science, and technology on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, and RadioHealthJournal.net. Also, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at RadioHealthJournal.
1: Coming up next week on Radio Health Journal.
2: Why did Julian pass away? That's the number one question I have, right? Because we don't have an answer yet.
1: More than 400 children are mysteriously dying every year, and we don't know why.
0: Then tonsil stones, a little problem that causes a big stink.
3: I just operated on a 46-year-old for tonsil stones, so they can come at any time.
1: All that and more coming up next week on Radio Health Journal.